Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and we're diving back into the world of coffee today. And to do that, let's welcome in my guest, Tracy Page. She is the owner and manager of Karma Coffee. Tracy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. Um, So this is normally where I like to ask my guests kind of what differentiates their their business from other similar businesses in Omaha. So for example, what would make Karma Coffee different from other coffee shops? What makes it stand out? But I think there's a line on your website that I want to unpack that I think might do the trick and answer that question for us. On your homepage, it says that Karma Coffee is a social experiment. I don't think that's something that I would see on most coffee shop websites. So can you unpack that for me? What does that line mean? You know, we just kind of fell into coffee originally. Um, my business partner, Jeff Wilkie, um, he lived in the, he lives in the neighborhood, and he was very early on into his sobriety, and needed a place. And where we stand right now used to be a different nationally known coffee shop, and they moved out. There was just emptiness, and um, Jeff you know, just really was adamant about, you know, let's, let's get something in here, a local coffee shop, something great for the community. And, you know, not, none of us having backgrounds in coffee, my backgrounds in, in fitness, his in IT, it was just kind of this experiment, if you will, of, you know, we knew we wanted to provide something really special and unique, but what did that look like? So from the beginning, it was just kind of this joke of this is a a social experiment and we're going to see what works and what doesn't. And we've looked a lot different through the years that we've been there, which we're in year eight. So um, the journey, thank you. uh, The journey's been all over the place, you know, we've, we've had lots of wins, we've had some, some misses, you know, but that's how you grow. And where we are today as a, as a company, that's the original vision. So it's really cool to have, you know, gotten there through these years and through the many different, you know, struggles that you face as a local business, small business. Uh-huh. But originally, neither one of you had a background in coffee. No, not other than drinking it. We, <laughs> we both very much like to drink it. Um, but, you know, like I said, in his sobriety, you know, it was this transition from hanging out at the bars mm. to hanging mm. out at the coffee shop. And um, it was just something that it was a, an, an emptiness when that coffee shop moved out of the neighborhood. There was still this need, this neighborhood need, and then by extension, a community need. And boy, was he right, you know? So I think what is interesting about what you're saying is clearly you guys have a very good product when it comes to coffee, and we'll get into that more. Sure. But you also, like, a big part of this was, even beyond coffee, was providing a really inviting welcoming, comfortable space. And that's something that I think is really interesting about coffee shops in that they all just have a very distinct demeanor, almost personality. Yeah. What type of, for lack of a better term, personality did you envision for Karma Coffee originally? You know, warmth, inclusiveness, um, you know, those were definitely words we were using from the very beginning, some place that, you know, anybody from any background, from any walk of life could come and be treated the same, have a great experience. Um, You know, we always say, leave it better than you found it. You know, it's the same way with our customers. We want um, them to come in and, you know, maybe the day isn't starting off so good for them. We have an opportunity to change that. And I see it happen all the time. One compliment, one nice kind word, you see this kind of, you know, frown, turn upside down. And, you know, it's just really great to see that you can have such an impact on someone's day just over coffee. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. So it's, it's my passion. So warmth, that's one of the like words, one of the, one of the pillars that, or maybe bedrocks is a better word that this vibe was built upon other than having really welcoming, smiling employees. Like, how do you build warmth into just a a space, just a a blank canvas at the beginning? You know, it's, you know, obviously as time goes on, you get your regulars, you get your your people that are in there day in and day out. So that's the easy part. You know, you got the people that are going to, 
be supportive all the time. But then it's the people that are coming in for the first time, the people that um, are maybe visiting from out of town, people that you may not see all the time. You want to leave that lasting impression. And I think, you know, when you walk into the doors, there's automatically kind of this coziness. It's a smaller shop, um, which can be a double-edged sword because, you know, space is everything, you know, to be able to house and accommodate, you know, people and and retail and stuff. But you, you don't want it too big to where it's cold, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I think one of the things that all of us that love coffee, you know, part of it, you know, it's, it's holding the mug, you know. it's And so before the pandemic, we were very big on um you know, we had tons of mugs. We still do. Tons of mugs, all different kinds, not just your, you know, staple. We had those too, but we had all different sizes, cool designs, funny sayings, you name it. Everything you would find in your cabinet at home, we had at the shop. And it was such a mood booster to get your latte served in a great mug and you're sitting there and we used to have a couch in there even and get cozied up on the couch. And, you know, it's the decor, I feel like, also contributes to the warmth. You know, we have this great centerpiece, a huge old Buckeye tree that um, it's like a slice of a tree. And Jeff found it up in northern Minnesota. It's broken and damaged, diseased, not not cute. And it was restored and it's gorgeous now. But it's such a testament to to us as a people that we could be damaged and broken and have our stuff, but we could always be beautifully restored. There's always those redeeming factors. So um, we've got four questions that surround that tree slice, if you will. Who am I? What is my dharma or purpose? What do I really want? And what am I grateful for? And we ask not only our customers, but our employees too, you know, think about those questions. When you're here, take some time and like really answer those questions within yourself. And so I feel like stuff like that, where we're really kind of trying to dive deeper into, you're not just a customer at Karma, your family. We want to know about you. You know, we want to know your story. So. Wow. That was, that was beautiful and, <laughs> and super deep. I mean, we're 10 minutes into a conversation about coffee and I'm like questioning my existence and my purpose in, in life right now. I but know. Crazy things happen like that at Karma Coffee. Right. There's no easy answer. You know, it is deep. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much behind it. There's so much love and passion in the business. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, one of the things that I really liked about researching for this podcast, just going through your Instagram was I kept seeing instances where you guys would have events. There was something that you would do to bring people in, whether it was a book signing or uh, a musical act or, Hey, bring your kids. Santa's going to be here tonight. Or (laughs) just recently on St. Patrick's day, you guys did your own corned beef to do corned beef breakfast sandwiches and, and Rubens. What does that stuff or stuff like that do to kind of pull the community in and help to create that welcoming atmosphere and that gathering space like you like you mentioned yeah you know it's it's funny i i know the pandemic was i mean awful for so many so many suffered so many lost and so it's hard almost to be like we thrived in the pandemic and it really opened up space to be able to try anything you know, when you had businesses closing, longtime businesses who are shutting their doors, it was like sink or swim. Like, let's do this. Are we going to survive? Or are we going to be a statistic? You know, and we knew from the start we were going to do whatever it took. And that meant, you know, kind of opening up different ideas, different, you know, events, different things that we could do to offer to the community um, to just, you know, you, you think about it. We close it one during the week, two o'clock on the weekends. And then this, this space just sits open, sits empty. So what can we do to fill this space? What can we do to, to entice people to come who maybe aren't coffee lovers, who maybe, you know, don't really um, frequent coffee shops per se, but like the, the St. Patrick's Day thing, let's say. That's something we've never done. We've never offered corned beef before. Um, but it was just this thing where it's like, you know what? let's try it. You know, let's, the worst thing that can happen is 
nobody wants it. And then we know for next year, like, oh, maybe this isn't the way to go. But instead, we had a great turnout. People loved it. And it's something that we'll do in the future. What's another example of that? Another let's try it thing that was a hit and you're like, okay, we'll run it back. Yeah. God, I feel like there's, there's quite a few to choose from. We, we've been doing events lately. We invested in a portable espresso machine so that we can go to businesses and we've done tastings. We've done flights where, um, you know, we're doing latte drinks, espresso drinks. We'll bring some coffee and do, you know, just kind of a, a, a flight board of, of their choosing. That's been really cool and something that we wasn't on the table in the past. Um, having the live music, that's been huge, you know, and that's something we want to get back to. We just started getting rolling with that and then the pandemic hit. And so, you know, we, we kind of had to back up on that. But now with spring and summer upon us, we are ready to, you know, open that back up, get some musicians in there. We just love local artists, local musicians, local crafters, local makers, you name it. We're like, we're fans. And, um, you know, I've got a, I've got an amazing crystal curator named Alexis that is going to be um, renting some space in the shop to display her amazing crystals. And the transaction is solely between her and the customer via, you know, cash apps and things like that. But she has a brick and mortar space to display her, her items and also have access to our customers that are flowing right through there, you know, ordering their drinks, seeing this stuff on the shelf. That's something we've never even imagined, like renting out space within our shop. Whoa. And, and so we're really excited about these ventures because it's uncharted territory, but it just feels right, mm-hmm. you know? And you brought up something there that I really, really like about Karma, and it's that support of local. I mean, anyone who listens to this podcast knows how much I love local restaurants, but obviously there are local businesses besides restaurants, and you guys have kind of opposite the counter, like as people are waiting to order or waiting for their drink, there are shelves with all kinds of local products have yes. nothing to do with coffee, right. but it's there in your, um, in your pastry case, along with the things that you make, you've got heavenly waffles right there. You've got sunrise donuts there. I mean, there's different local touch points all yes. throughout your shop. It sounds like that was intentional. What was the, like, I guess, where does your love for local come from? Why incorporate all these other businesses into your business? Yes. You know, it, It took me owning a local business to really understand the importance of supporting local. You know, all through my life, I've always heard of like buy the big O that used to be kind of the catchphrase of buying local. It was just always this, you know, thing that I knew about, but nothing that I understood on that level of how important and what goes into providing these local, you know, pastries, local things where I could just go and buy it at Baker's or Costco, you know, it, it really was a cultivation of how we can support other local businesses at the same time, provide something that was made right up the street, um, for our customers. Um, it, it wasn't easy at first, especially because I mean, especially with these prices going up and shortages, it's been tough. But at the same time, I feel like our community is understanding of that. And so when we have to raise prices a little bit, we never hear complaints. You know, it's like people understand it's the chain of how things go. But um, up until probably, I'd say two or three years ago, maybe four tops, you know, we we weren't focused on local so much. Um, But then again, I wasn't in charge at that time. You know, I was still deep into my personal training, my fitness business. I was always a partner from the beginning, but my role has changed through the course of the eight years. So when it was, when I was ready and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, to, to run this and eat, breathe, sleep, karma coffee. Um, I knew early on that I wanted to, to do something different with the food because we barely had a menu at that time. And now we've got an extensive menu with, you know, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and then, of course, all of the yummy, sugary, fatty stuff for, you know, for <laughs> those of us that love it. Right. But, um, you know, it, it was something that 
I felt like, especially where we're at in West Omaha, I feel like it was a need that wasn't being met, that it was like, let's, let's do something more here. And then Bobby Johnson from Keep Local Alive came to me um, a few months before the pandemic and told me of this, this group, Keep Local Alive, and everything that they are doing for local businesses. And I immediately was on board, and I'm an admin of that group now. And it's something that I, I say this, and I'll say it again and again, if not for groups like Keep Local Alive, Omaha Food Lovers, you know, communities like that that really were interested in local and, and knew the importance of supporting local, I don't know where we would be right now. You know, there's, they were so instrumental in our not only survive, survival, but us thriving. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it really shined a light on how important local is. And it was a no-brainer. Like, we're on board with this. It's something that not only do... Do we want people to realize that for our shop, but also these other businesses that need help? One of my favorite sayings is a high tide lifts all the ships. And I feel like we've got this retail that, yes, has nothing to do with coffee per se, but it's interesting stuff. It's locally made. There's stories behind these retail products. And I love that. You know, when you hear about Bianchi Candles, Nick Bianchi, who got a, you know, candle making kit when he was 13 and fell in love with making candles. And now he has this business, this kid made something out of this. And it's so cool. I love the stories behind our retail items. It's very cool. What, what was it like? Okay. How how do I want to phrase this? Well, you said, you said something really interesting and that before you owned Karma Coffee, you didn't really understand the why behind supporting local not that you were against supporting local obviously but like it wasn't like a priority for you and now it clearly is Mm -hmm. what is like what's maybe the number one thing that you wish you could go back and tell yourself tell the version of yourself that didn't own karma coffee hey you need to support local here's why or maybe like here's what you're missing. Yeah. You know it comes back to family for me because behind every local business behind every local business owner, nine times out of 10, there's a family there, you know? And when I think about my family and my contributions to the family, I couldn't do it without the community. And, you know, the the big national brands, yes, they're good and they have their place, but, you know, there's not an owner that's depending on that money. You know what I mean? There are these huge corporations that, you know... They can afford things that we can't. They have national recognition and advertising that we don't. So we're working a lot harder, you know, and and there's it, it comes down to family. And we're very big on family at Karma Coffee. Jeff and I, that was one thing from the start is family first. And so making this business thrive wasn't just let's do this it's an option no it's we need to do this I have a family to support my employees have families or they're supporting themselves you know this is more than just a business this is livelihoods you know and this is this is a make or break moment and we're gonna we're gonna pull together and we're gonna make it and I mean so far we are and and our plan is to stay around for as long as the community will have us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much of what you're saying is just like speaking to my soul right yeah. now because I, I have a little bit of a reputation amongst my friends and family and coworkers now as being like anti-chain and that <laughs> I, I always want to support local. I'm never going to want to go to a chain restaurant, all this stuff. And a lot of that is true. I, I recognize the importance that national businesses have in the community they provide jobs they help the economy like they definitely have their place and i think that obviously the economy would collapse without them right but so much of what you're saying and that you know you like there's no like national brand backing karma coffee there's no giant budget that can swoop in and and save you if stuff goes wrong it's all on you you have built this thing from scratch and I don't know to me there's just there's something like an extra bit of juice behind that story that just makes it special and that's why I want to juice that orange instead of (laughs) you know the the corporate one I think there's more flavor there absolutely 
All right, we've talked for about 20 minutes and we haven't talked at all about coffee. And I've loved every every part of our discussion so far, but I feel like we should probably mention yeah, coffee at some should point. mention it. So let's just start super broad. In your opinion, what makes a great cup of coffee? Ah, well, fresh beans, first and foremost, boom. Fresh beans, roasted, you know, up the street. We roast at Hilla Beans. Um, they're amazing. Uh, organic, beans. fair yeah. trade. It, we know the quality behind it. So that's first and foremost. One thing that I never realized is measurements are key. You know, it's not just let's dump some grounds in there and, you know, hope for the best. It's not even just with the coffee, but every day we have to set our espresso machine to a certain uh, measurement to make sure that it's pulling properly, that it tastes great. Um, It's not bitter. And the same goes for coffee. And there's a certain measurement, a certain amount um, that has to be in order to have that great cup of coffee. And so we, we make sure to follow that. Um, and then of course, love, that's always the first ingredient for me. So what was the the learning curve like for you? Because you mentioned you've always enjoyed coffee, but it's one thing to like drinking coffee and another to produce and sell it. And, you know, you're mentioning like these different things that you learned. What kind of a coffee crash course did you have to put yourself through originally to to figure this stuff out? Yeah. Well, um, originally Jeff's cousin owns the roastery in Kansas city. Okay. So when we were getting started, you know, They were instrumental in helping us, you know, get the right equipment, um, make sure that we had all the right supplies and products. And then they actually had um, a couple of people from there come and show us how to make lattes, how to steam milk, how to, you know, um, have the proper grind on things. So ratios, that's important. Syrup, sauce ratios, milk. I mean, there's so many elements to it. And so we... You know, for about two or three weeks, we were just in kind of high training mode. Um, Our inaugural team, everybody was there um, learning together, and it's just kind of built up from there. Martha and her team at Hilla Beans have been wonderful in coaching and training us through the years, helping and answering any questions that we've ever had. In fact, we're going to be going soon as a team a little you know, field trip for the team. We're going to go to Hilla Beans and learn about the roasting process. You know, I think it's so important to, you know, if you're in the industry and you're, you know, a barista, not to just know how to make a drink, but the process it takes to get that bean to us. Um, so we're going to be going there here in about a week or so to, um, to learn, you know, and we've got a great support system. I got a, a, great uh, coffee tech central oh john he's my he's the real mvp he's our espresso guy he hooks us up with equipment um he is so well versed in everything coffee and he has some classes that are available i want to i want my team to take those classes i want to get as much information as possible you know to where it's more than just making the drink it's the whole process and respecting that process so important, you know, and coffee. I mean, everybody, it's like worship. I love coffee. And to know more about it, though, and to know, like, the origins, how we roast, what the process is, to see it, to smell it, you know, I'm, I'm excited. It's so fun just to, to watch you. Like, your eyes are lighting up. Your hands are moving <laughs> right now as you talk about coffee. It's your passion just emanates out of you. So what was it like for you originally when you loved coffee, but now you start learning about it and you're learning about the beans, you're learning about the process, you're learning about the local roasters. Like, was that just kid in a candy store for you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know it was my passion. Um, you know, like I said, my background has been in fitness for almost 25 years and that was my career. And, you know, when Jeff, brought this idea to me, you know, yes, I, I, I want to be involved, but you know, I'm in an early morning industry and this is an early morning industry. You can't really do both. So, you know, I was starting off doing social media, then events, then just pulling shots and making drinks, then assisting the manager until ultimately I got to that point where I was like, okay, I'm ready. And wow, somehow this became my passion. This became my Dharma. And so 
you know, learning as I was going, just like with fitness, as I was learning new techniques, new things, I wanted to implement them and try them. And the excitement about it was there with coffee too. And I started doing this kind of series of uh, karma trivia. So each week I would pose a trivia question and I mean, people could easily Google it, but it was fun. And I learned so much just doing that, learning that, you know, coffee beans start off as berries, like, whoa, mind blown, what? So we're drinking smoothies now, okay. You know, it was just so interesting, things that people that are just coffee drinkers may not know, um, to be able to bring that information to light and, you know, make it exciting. That's always been a big thing for me to bring excitement with whatever I'm doing. You clearly do that. That just (laughs) from this conversation, I can see that. Now I can only imagine as you're learning all, all these new techniques, all, you know, the history behind coffee, the, the how and the why behind coffee, like in my mind, I can, I can just like imagine myself there would just be so much excitement about, okay, we can implement this that, you know, we can put this on the menu. We could, we can try this process. Like there's you, like there's so many possibilities. You just want to do it all, but you can't do it all at once. So how do you, how do you take all these awesome things that you're learning and prioritize them and say, okay, we can do these three things right now. We'll put a couple of these on the back burner. Like how do you prioritize what you're, what you're going to start implementing? You know, a lot of it comes from customer suggestions or requests, you know, um, a while back we had, I mean, we're talking years towards the beginning, um, you know, people wanting French press and that wasn't something we were doing at first, but it was like, well, why not? You know, so that was something easy that we could do. And then through the years it was, you know, I would, I would see different things in my travels even where I'm like, God, we should be doing this at the shop, you know, case in point, brewing our own chai. I mean, it's like, you don't think about that, but we were using, you know, boxed concentrates or there's powders out there, but why not brew our own chai in-house? For one, the smell is amazing. And two, you know exactly what's in it. You know, you look at ingredients lists of some of those concentrates and you're like, oh, you know, whereas this, it's, you know, it's black tea, it's spices, it's a little bit of honey, a little bit of brown sugar, and boom. You know, it could be left just like that, or we add some spiced brown sugar to it in the making process. But there's a lot more to that drink than if we were just using the concentrate and we're kind of bound to just this taste. So it's been through the years just finding new, interesting things to do, different uh, menu items that we don't see around here that I'm like, oh, we need to try that. Um, And like I said, customers that come to us and they have requests or ideas, um, even coming up with our seasonal menu, that's a collaborative, you know, process where myself, my employees, everyone's chipping in and coming up with these fantastic drink combinations and, you know, One of them will say, oh, I want to try this, but it sounds like a weird flavor combination. I'm like, that's the one you need to try then. Because anytime I think, oh, this is going to be weird, it ends up being the most amazing drink. And so I trust that process where I'm like, hey, if it sounds weird, I want to taste that drink. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's cool to incorporate everyone's ideas. Everyone gets a voice. And, you know, there's a certain amount of like you know, a little pride when your drink goes up on the menu and you're like, I came up with that. (laughs) So take me into the crafting of a seasonal menu. Is there like, is this like a meeting where everybody comes together and you just kind of throw a bunch of ideas at the board and then try them and see what works? Is it a gradual process just throughout like the, the time leading up to that season where people are just like, hey, what if we did X and that gets written down? Like what, what does that process look like as you develop a seasonal menu? Yeah, it, it starts, you know, well before the season has arrived. Um, and just because we've been doing this for a while, we have kind of some seasonal staples that we're always going to go back to. Um, fall, we're always going to have a salted caramel. That's just the best. Oh, yeah. You know, so we have maybe two or three that are, they're going to be staples on there, which opens up space for maybe two or three new drinks. So at that point, I'm like, hey, guys, you know, 
get your creativity caps on and let's come up with some new, because I like to keep it fresh and new. I like those old staples, but I like something new that make people go, hmm, whoa, that's interesting. Um, and so do my employees. They love playing around with different combinations. And it's fun when someone's, you know, trying out a new drink and everyone gets a little taste and then we can all kind of give our feedback. Um, Flowers and chocolate chai. That was one that we just did for the Valentine seasonal board. And it's our chai with white chocolate and lavender. And you think lavender and chai, mm, I don't know about that. Whoa, that was a good drink. You know, it was <laughs> so well received. It's probably going to make it to the seasonal menu next year. Okay. And we've even had some seasonal menu uh, drinks get promoted to the main menu. Yeah. Our eternal sunshine, we um, steamed turmeric right into the milk on that one. And it just makes for this next level drink where you're like, whoa, you know, you're getting some like medicinal benefits to your drink as well. So it's just, it's fun to... Let those creative juices just flow and, you know, see what we can come up with. I, I, I love everything about what you're saying. And it, it reminds me of what's coming to mind is peanut butter on a burger. I remember the first time <laughs> that I saw that on a menu, I was like, what is this? This is some stupid gimmick. Right. Get this out of here. There's no way that's no good. Way. And then I saw it starting to pop up a little bit more. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. It's Phenomenal. Yeah. I cannot tell you why it works. I don't understand the, how those flavor profiles play together, but they just do. And you, it's one of those things that you just have to try yeah. and experience it. So I love that you don't shut the door on anything and you say, you know what, let's just try it. Yeah. Maybe it sounds weird on paper and it's just going to work. So let's give it a shot. And that's exactly it. Yep. And another through line in this conversation that I absolutely love is the way that you treat your employees because you brought them up several times. And I think a lot of people think of, you know, especially a, a barista or maybe a cashier at a coffee shop as somebody who's just kind of trudging through the day, just trying to yeah. get through it. But you are taking these people and you are training them. You are showing them here's where the coffee comes from. You're giving them an opportunity to have a say in the menu, maybe even have their drink on the menu where they yeah. can point to it and tell a customer, hey, you might want to try this. Like that creates engagement. That yes. creates buy-in. Is that something yes. that you had to learn or where did where did that knowledge come from? You know, I really think it's it's because we stand by what we say. We're a family there. You know, they are not just employees. They are not just punching a clock. You know, it's we expect more. And I think that because we expect more, they want to give more. And because, you know, we do value their opinions. It's not just like, well, this is my shop, so I'm coming up with all the drinks, you know? No, it's let's come up with these drinks together. Hey, you have a good idea, let's hear it. Um, I think that, like you said, it's a, it's a buy-in. They're invested that way. Um, when we're valuing them and, and letting them know that they're important, they're not just a cashier, they're not just a barista, they make our shop what it is. And... You know, I can't do it alone. Jeff can't do it alone. We need a team that understands the mission, understands that, you know, I say this all the time to people too, we are in the business of people and we just happen to serve coffee. Um, because it, that's the variable you can't control is people. And so if I have a staff that understands that, hey, you know what, you're going to get some customers that occasionally they're going to come in and they're going to be in a bad mood. Why do we want to jump in and make that worse when we have an opportunity to turn it around for them? It's the same thing for my employees. I always say, hey, whatever problems or drama that you might have, leave it at the door. Let this be your escape from that. Let this be a place that you can just be. There's, there's no pressure. It's, you know, let's make some coffee. Let's serve some people. Let's make some people's day brighter. And guess what? Through doing that, your day is going to turn around too. So mm -hmm. it's just, I can't do it without a, a great supportive team. And that's just, that's just the bottom line. Okay. This, this has all been great conversation, but <laughs> this is a food podcast after all. Yes. I want to talk about some food. Oh, and, my favorite. And you talked about a little bit earlier that before you really kind of came on full time, when, um, you know, you were a partner, then this became your profession. Yes. You really wanted to implement the food part and that didn't really exist before. What 
was kind of the inspiration behind that? What made you want to add the food component? It was just, you know, it was the need, you know, there was a need for it. People wanted it. We had a limited menu, very basic, very, you know, just nothing special. And I knew that we could do more. And as any owner will tell you, you know, you're approached by different vendors that want to carry their products in, in your, in your shop. And so through that process, kind of not only being approached by people, but seeking out vendors that we personally liked that were like, you know, I love, you know, primal indulgence, gluten-free quiches. Why not carry that here? And speaking of primal indulgence, Lindsay from primal indulgence, she is amazing. She is a wizard with gluten-free and keto and vegan. It's, it's incredible. And I go back to, you know, being a West Omaha coffee shop. Um, let's face it. There's different areas in town that have different communities and different needs and different, you know, everything. So it was kind of trying to find what our specific community was hungry for and what they were really vibing off of what was going to bring them in. Um, and I know that gluten-free is a huge thing. Keto blew up, you know, so Whereas I don't want to have my shop be this completely gluten-free and keto place, I want there to be not just a couple of, you know, side thought issue or uh, uh, meals, but actual delicious, tasty, thoughtful ingredients, locally sourced ingredients, you know, that kind of dish. That's what I wanted to, to provide. And so... I've got Primal Indulgence. Uh, by the way, she makes an amazing gluten-free biscuits and gravy. If you're a biscuits and gravy fan, uh, I can't tell you how amazing. You would never know it was gluten-free. I mean, it just blows my mind. But, you know, we've got Heavenly Waffles. We've got, um, you know, like you mentioned, Sunrise Donuts. And it's these collaborations that once in a while, like, you know, for a while I was having curry in a hurry, we would have, you know, some of their dishes just on special just for the weekend. Um, and it was fun to, to kind of build up that menu. But I'll tell you what really changed the game for us with our food. It's the Turbo Chef Oven. It's what we put our food through. It's an infrared oven. So it gets, you know, the, the cooking is, is completely surrounding the, the dish. So it's, it's being baked off in this way that, uh, like the quiches, for instance, you have this, you know, kind of crispy outside and creamy inside. And uh, it's just delicious. Our breakfast sandwiches. I mean, I got to say, they're legendary. They really are. Um, they're beloved. They are. They and have a cult following. We do. And I'm telling you, though, it's that Turbo Chef oven. It, you put something great in there, and it comes out like magic. <laughs> when did you find the Turbo Chef oven? We, we got that probably, God, I'd say about three years ago. Um, and I'll leave this one to Jeff because he he is the ultimate picker. He will find something that no one else will think they want or no one else would even look at. He finds these things that just work. And there was a Midtown, a, a coffee shop in Midtown Crossing that um, had closed. And they were basically getting rid of everything. And so that's how we got hooked up with our turbo chef oven and these things are not cheap and we got a heck of a deal it's a huge monstrosity though <laughs> i mean this thing is huge but hey make space for a turbo chef oven it will change your life but yeah so i mean it just like everything else with karma coffee we kind of happened on to it we fell into it you know it just kind of worked out the we manifest and it it tends to come our way mm -hmm. now we've mentioned a lot of the local partners that you have that um, you offer in the shop. And I'll give a special shout out to Heavenly Waffles. Bob Haney's been yes. on the show. Awesome guy. Uh -huh. Love their product. Absolutely fantastic. But you guys also do a lot of your own baking and, yes. and food creations as well. And I, I kind of want to dig into that because it's one thing to, to master coffee, but mastering food is a, a very different skill. So yeah. how, when, when you got excited and you came in and you said, Hey, we're going to offer food now. Yeah. How did you get everyone prepared for that? Like, how did you figure out recipe? Mm -hmm. How did you get the food program started outside <laughs> of the outside vendors? You know, it's, it was just one of those things where it's like, 
what can we do on our own? Because, you know, when you're relying on vendors, as wonderful as they are, you're on their time frame. You know, um, let's take scones, for instance. That's something I'm so proud of our scones because we make them from scratch. But it wasn't always like that. You know, it's been a journey like everything else. We started off, you know, getting scones from vendors, but they only baked on Tuesdays and we'd be out by Thursday. And you know what I mean? And so we're kind of at the mercy of the vendors. And then we're like, okay, how can we do this on our own? And of course, being a coffee shop, not doing a lot of our own baking, it was like, well, let's do kind of a semi-homemade thing where we have kind of a plain scone mix and then we add our embellishments to it like our our lemon zest and lemons and blueberries to make it a lemon blueberry scone and we were doing that but then supply chains you know were interrupting our flow of getting these you know pre-packaged uh mix and so then it was like you know what it's time to take off the training wheels let go of the fear and let's let's do this from scratch all the way And so, you know, looking up different recipes, testing and trying different ones to see which one worked best, which one was most flavorful, and finally coming up with the recipe that we're using now, and we've got it down, you know, and I have a couple of other employees that I've trained to to help me, so it's not just me making them all the time, but it's another collaborative effort, but it makes all the difference. And to get the feedback from the customers who don't know that I personally made those scones, you know, when they're like, oh, your scones are amazing. I'm like, thank you so much. You know, (laughs) it's just this sense of pride that like, I want to provide something really great and delicious and it's being well received. And I feel like, you know what? It makes it all worth it. You know, if we can have something that people can walk away from our shop being like, man, I can't wait to go back there. I got to have that blueberry scone again. You know, it just thrills me. Tell me about the breakfast sandwiches. I mean, we, we talk about they have a cult yes, following. Yes. You guys are known for them. Let's If somebody hasn't had a Karma Coffee breakfast sandwich, this is your time. Roll out the red carpet. Uh, get them interested and get yes. them into the shop so they can experience it. Well, first of all, I mean, it starts with the bagel bin bagel. I mean, How do it you doesn't, beat it? Yes. How do you beat it? It doesn't get better. I mean, uh, Scott from Bagel Ben is so incredible and his staff is amazing and you could just tell their first ingredient is love as well and um, so we start with the Bagel Ben bagel although you can get an English muffin we do also have gluten-free English muffins and then we also have keto bagels so I mean you run the gamut there's no yeah everyone's included in this so then it comes with egg and your choice of cheese you get cheddar Swiss or Gouda and then you can also add Um, a breakfast meat. We've got pork sausage, turkey sausage, and bacon. And so then we've got extras, like if you want to have avocado on it, we have fresh avocado. Um, If you want to do like sliced ham or sliced turkey, we could do that as well. There's lots of variety with it. And I think because, you know, We've, the people love the kind of build your own breakfast sandwich idea because uh, you can get it exactly the way you want it. So we we basically put it in the Turbo Chef oven open face. So you're going to get that crispiness on that bagel, um, that melty cheese over the egg, and then that crispy bacon or that crispy on the outside sausage patty. It's just incredible. And then when you put it together, I just had one today and oh. putting it together it was just so mm, I I was eating with my eyes as we all do I Uh was like oh this is going to be the best thing ever and it was I mean it was delish but Mm -hmm. no matter how many times I've had it that's the thing too it's never one of those items where it's just like oh I'm bored with this I've had that a million times no it's like every time I have it it's like it's like the first time again I'm just like oh my god this is so good so I, I love that. And it can be different every time based on what ingredients you decide to put on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that giving another shout out to that Turbo Chef oven, something that has always drawn me to your breakfast sandwiches when I see the pictures of them and I think make them oh, just so, so Instagrammable is that cheese. You guys do not skimp on the cheese and it does. It just gets so melty. Yes. It's one of those where you can just like picture even though the picture is static, you can like you have this image in your head of someone pulling that sandwich apart, and the cheese is just yes. like pulling along uh, with it. Yeah. it. It just looks phenomenal. Yes, and there are so many times. I mean, I'll be in the middle of 
you know, to be in the middle of a rush and I'll see a great looking breakfast sandwich come out. And I'm like, hold on, let me take a picture of that. You know, cause it's like, <laughs> I don't want to miss out on this great photo op because it looks so good. Uh-huh. And there's, that happens so many times. My employees are probably like, Oh, here she goes again. But like, I'll jump on a live or something and show it coming out of the oven and the meltiness because that, I mean, to me, when I'm seeing that, Oh, I need to make my way to karma coffee, mm-hmm. you know? And, and we, we all eat with our eyes first, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I, I need to give the people what they want. We have talked a lot in this conversation about how karma has changed and how it's evolved over the years. Is there, when you look back at the beginning of the business or maybe even looking when you kind of came on full time, what do you think has been the greatest evolution or the biggest change in the coffee shop that you've seen? Wow. You know, I got to give credit also to Matt, Matt Bullard. He is my right hand man. He is my partner in crime. He's my assistant manager. And it really takes having people that care and it it just, it'll make or break your business. And I am so fortunate to have, you know, not only employees that care, but Matt, you know, he's known and beloved, you know, everyone at Karma knows Matt. And it's a collaborative thing, once again, where we're just always trying to take it to the next level, not staying where we were three or four years ago, but challenging ourselves, um, trying these new things, always having fresh new drinks, exciting food, um, and really involving the community. Um, You know, I knew early on that my call to community and just kind of being that person that if I have a platform and a space to speak, I want to do something good. And we've had, I mean, we've had fundraisers where, you know, Chris Gradoville, who was shot and killed tragically, um, we have a, a early morning men's Christian running group, F3 Omaha, that they come to our shop four days a week, like religiously after their workouts. Well, Chris was a part of their group. And the morning after the news broke that it happened, they were all in and just, you know, everyone was upset and just solemn. And, and you know, I knew right then, like, we need to do something And nothing is going to just make this okay, but if we can do something to help the family, help the community, because everyone wants to help. Everyone wants to do something, but no one knows what to do. So by having a fundraiser in a place where people can come and get the Chris special, give their $10 and know that I did something to help, that makes all the difference. And so I think by, you know, involving the community is what really helps us um, be endeared to the community for one. And then that helps us go to the next level. Then it's like, you know, we want to try this and people are with us on that, you know, like, okay, let's, let's see how this rolls out. But just like I couldn't do it without my employees, I couldn't do it without a supportive community Mm -hmm. and taking things to the next level. Isn't easy on your own. You need people that are going to be like, all right, let's do this. (sighs) This has just been fantastic. <laughs> you just have such infectious energy. I feel like we could talk all day. I know. I feel like that too. Unfortunately, we are running <laughs> out of time a little bit. But before I let you go, I've got two questions that I like to ask just about everybody who comes on this podcast. And I am very excited to hear your answers. Okay. The first one is, what is one thing about the hospitality industry or maybe even coffee shops uh, specifically that people outside don't know that you wish they did? You know, I think we're all really used to kind of the big chain brands and kind of the corporate element that goes behind that. I think that, you know, many people may not know that our employees come up with the drinks or that we roast locally or, you know, that we we take the time to kind of cultivate these local items. I think that people kind of get into their, you know, this is what I have and this is what I like. And, you know, when you go from a national brand to a local place, you're kind of stepping out of your comfort zone. And so I think, you know, people that don't know the business, um, it's so much more than coffee. That's what I would say. I mean, it's, there's so much more to the business than just pouring a cup of joe. It's the 
the faces, it's the people, it's the families, it's the the time spent, the energy, you know, me being away from my, my two little ones, you know. I wouldn't be away from them like that if it wasn't something that I was passionate about. And so people should know when they come into a local coffee shop, especially my local coffee shop, they're going to get, you know, top of the line business because it's, it's a passion that takes me from something I love so dear because it's that important. And so, yeah, I would say that it's, it's the, it's the, the people behind the coffee. I, my final question, I think you probably just answered it, but I'm going <laughs> to ask it anyway, just in case. And if you're like, okay, I just said that dummy, then you can, no. you can, you can say that and that's perfectly <laughs> fine too. But the final question, I like to get everybody out of here on a positive note. And that's, what's your favorite part about being involved in the coffee industry and karma specifically? Well, again, it's the people. Yep. I'll tell you what, I, it's like this. I don't even want to have a day off because I don't want to miss seeing my customers. I mean, there are certain, like a Saturday, like I will never miss a Saturday because the energy, the vibe, you see people that you don't see during the week, you know, but then again, during the week, you see people that you don't see on the weekends and it's, it's, you build relationships with people. And that held true in my fitness business as well. It's like people want to connect. And in that moment where I'm making a drink and the person's at the end cap and this conversation that we're having for three or four minutes, I mean, I could find out a lot about somebody in three or four minutes. I know people's whole life stories. But, you know, I take all that with me and I respect it and value it. And I think that, you know, that is the absolute best part for me is the people and the relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think, like... This conversation has been such a perfect encapsulation of what karma is, I think, and that at the genesis, we're talking about coffee, and this conversation exists because you own a coffee shop, right. but we ended up talking about so many things that are tangentially related to coffee or come from the coffee shop, but aren't coffee-specific at all, and right. I think that's what's beautiful about karma is, yes, it's a coffee shop. Yes, most people are going in there specifically to get a cup of coffee, mm -hmm. but they are leaving with so much more so much. than just coffee, so Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today thank and you. dispelling some awesome some truths and knowledge. This was truly a, a fun, fun episode. Yes, for me too. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. This has been a blast. The pleasure is all mine. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.